Thank you. Thanks, Scott. I thought you were going to do my message then. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It's very exciting to see so many people. I use the word exciting. God is so good and he's so faithful to us, isn't he? You know, like when you've been around a while, you, you realise as years go past and uh, you see situations come and go and, and God's goodness in every day of our lives. And um, he's always working. He's always with us and he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. He's so faithful. So I just thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness this morning. Thank you, Father God, for being here, for equipping us for everything we need to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and anoint us today, that you give me the words to speak, Lord, even as I stand here. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that your word is the truth and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, yeah, so my uh, subject was, um, or is, ministry to others. And uh, that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice to be on the receiving end of ministry because we have needs. And sometimes we need healing and sometimes we need prayer for different situations in our lives. But once we're all right and we've got all we need, because... He supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. So once we're okay, then we can go and help somebody else. Is that right? Yeah. It's like being on the aeroplane with the, with the mask. They say, put it on yourself and then you can help somebody else. So once we have our needs met according to his riches and glory, our, our own healing, our own provision... All of our needs to be met by him because he loves us and he's our heavenly father who provides all, everything we need. Once our needs are met, then we can help others. And that's all about the ministry. And uh, when the, f the church first started, Pastor Kim taught for many, many months on every member and minister. And we all learnt that... Each member of the church is a minister. And we all have the equipment that's necessary. Sometimes you can think, well, um, if I have a need, I'll take the person, or if somebody needs healing, I'll take the person to the pastor or to the healing group or we'll put them on the prayer chain. Um, but you know what? We've all got the equipment that's needed. Yes? We all carry the same Holy Spirit as Jesus did. So because we're all equipped with everything we need, everyone say, I'm equipped with everything I need. That's right. You are equipped. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're equipped. Because that's why he came. Amen? And uh, so we are equipped for the work of the ministry. And the purpose of a church service and while we get together on a Sunday is so that we can be equipped by the preaching of the word and the ministry gifts in, in the church. So we receive our portion on a Sunday morning, we bring our portion to minister to each other 
And then we go out into the world and preach the gospel. Amen? So if everyone wants to turn to Mark 16 in their Bibles, and I hope you've all got your Bible. This thing, you know this thing? This, this book. It's a good idea to bring your Bible to church, yeah? Praise the Lord. In uh, Mark 16, from verse 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptised will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons... They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and, it, and they will recover. Everyone say, they will recover. They, will they, mi- they won't might recover. The Bible in red letters there, says they will recover. Amen? This is the truth. If I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Amen? And it says here, believers will lay hands on the sick. Now, believers got to believe that when they lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Amen? It's no good you laying hands on the sick if you don't believe they're going to recover. So you need to read that scripture over yourself until you get it in. To actually become a believer that will lay hands on the sick and then they will recover. Amen? If you're not a believer, don't bother. It says believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Everyone say, believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Guess what happens if you lay hands on the sick? They recover. What am I going to do if I see somebody that's sick? I'm going to lay hands on them. I'm not going to put them on the prayer chain. And I love prayer chains. They're handy if you've got nothing else to... If you've got no belief, maybe give it to someone else who believes. Amen? Good idea. Amen? Sorry if I bashed you over the head then. Okay, so where to go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Matthew 10, 8 says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, so freely give. Has anyone received anything here? Well, freely give. If you've got it, give it. Amen? Turn Turn the tap on. You know when you turn the tap on, stuff comes out. We've got to turn the tap on. 
because we're not supposed to be holding on to stuff. Amen? We're only on the earth for a short time. Somebody's got to let this stuff out. That's our job. This is the end of the age. Somebody's got to unlock the tap. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus answered and said to them, this is in John 5, 19, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. So what we see Jesus do, because we're Jesus' children of God now, what we see Jesus do, we do. Who's our example? Jesus. What we see him do, we do. That's why the Gospels are there. Because we have a record of every miracle, or not all of them, because it does say that they're not all written in the book because there wouldn't be enough room to contain them. But we see Jesus walking about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil because God was with him so now we are as jesus is in the world walking about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil because god is with us we see jesus do this in the gospels we are to copy jesus was our example amen Jesus said in John 14, 12, he said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. So he says, if you believe in him, you're going to do the works that he did. Amen? This is not false hope. Jesus said we do it. But you know what? We have to do it. We have to get up out of our lounge chair from our TV or laptop and go into all the world and do it because we've got a commission. Amen? Don't wait till you're in the nursing home and you can't get out. We're all waiting till we retire. You know, who's there? You're not going to be able to get out then. Do it while you've still got legs to walk on. Amen? While you've still got some energy. Because it's going to take some energy to do this, you know? You can't say, well, when I retire and I don't have to work anymore, then I'm going to be a minister. No, you are a minister. If you're working, the person next to you is part of your ministry. If you're going to school, a person sitting next to you in the classroom is, is part of your ministry. If you're in university, the person sitting next to you and the person in your class are, are the people that, that you're ministering to. 
you don't wait till you find the right person to minister to. Everybody that comes your way is a victim. Do you know, um, you know, God is an opportunist. He, he waits for any opportunity. He just looks for a crack. We have to become like him. Look for every opportunity. Wherever we go, we're going to see opportunities. Wherever you are, there's opportunities. You know, there's people with things wrong with them everywhere. It's not like a unique thing. Uh, wherever you go, there's somebody that needs prayer. Amen? And um, if Jesus was sitting there and someone went past in a, in a funeral procession, he rose him from the dead. Remember that story? You couldn't go past him if you were dead. You couldn't go past Jesus if you were blind. You couldn't go past Jesus if you were crippled. And he didn't spend all his time sitting in his lounge room watching TV. He actually went about doing good and healing all. Amen? He went out of the house. Praise God. I don't even know where I am now. Acts 10.38 says, And God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Praise God. Praise God that God was with Jesus. Because he was a human being like us. He was a man just like us. He was born on the earth to show us how to do it. He paid the price for us and then he went about to tell us how we're to live. How we're to take hold of this Holy Spirit that he brought and work with him. Amen? In Romans 8.11 says... If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, does the spirit of, uh, that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you? Put your hand up if you've got the Holy Spirit. Anyone who hasn't got the Holy Spirit yet, we can pray for you after the, after the message. Because we receive Jesus as our Lord and Saviour and then Jesus baptises us into the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we do need the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do stuff in the flesh, but you know, you're not going to have a supernatural result. Amen? If you want a supernatural result, you've got to do things supernaturally. Amen? Anyone can give someone their lunch if they're hungry, but only Jesus can multiply and feed 5,000. Amen? Sometimes we think we're doing a good job as Christians and we're just doing what the world can do. Because I can cook a cake for the neighbour and it doesn't take any supernatural power at all. It might if I can't cook. 
but I can cook. And he helps me to cook. He helps me do everything. But are we not gonna see, we're not going to see the supernatural unless we actually stand out of the box and try to do something we can't do. Because anyone can do stuff. Anyone can do good works. Anyone can go and help some, an old lady up the, up the stairs. Or anyone can go and help someone if they fall over. And that's showing the love, isn't it? Anyone can say, oh, look, bless you, I, I, you know, here's a bunch of flowers. I can do that in the natural without any help from anybody if I'm a good person, right? And there's a lot of good people in the world doing a lot of good. But, you know, they're not doing supernatural works. Come on, church. You've got to step out of the box and start to do the supernatural works that we were supposed to be doing 2,000 years ago. Where, are we just getting it? Are we just getting it? Are we just letting the penny drop and start to think, oh, I can't do that. Well, good. <laughs> That's my answer. If you can't do it, good. Guess what? You might have to use a little bit of supernatural power. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Start to draw on the provision of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen? Bless God. Listen to this. This is Romans 8, 11 in the message translation. This is very good. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. Now, you can go home, look up that message translation and get that printed out and really dwell on that scripture because there's so much in that. It's so powerful. If we know who we're carrying and the power that is in us, we're not going to be just walking around like human beings. We're going to be walking around like God people. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's in us. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in us, in this mortal body. I am not a mortal. I am not a mere mortal. I am, I am a spirit and I live in a body and I have a soul. Amen? Praise God. Now, 
Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. So Jesus said to the disciples, Don't go anywhere till the Holy Spirit comes. Remember? Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything until you get him. Right? Why did he say that? Because they needed power to do the same works that Jesus was doing. They weren't to go about and do it in the flesh. They weren't to try and do something without any power. Now, the disciples were saved. Did they believe in Jesus? Yes, they did. But they had to wait to receive the power of the Holy Spirit so they could do the works that Jesus did. Amen? So once we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got the same power that Jesus had to do the works that Jesus did. But you know what? You're not going to know anything if you don't try. If you don't do anything, you're not going to see anything happen. Amen? You can say, oh, yes, amen, as much as you like, but you've actually got to do something with it. Amen? Has anyone ever prayed for the sick? Has anyone prayed for them and they didn't get healed? Right, okay, at least you're practising. <laughs> you know, uh, doctors have a practice. Is that right, doctor? Doctors have a practice. We're practising. Amen? Yeah. We're actually healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. That's the work of the ministry. And unless you actually start something or do something, you're not going to be able to practise. Amen? And how do you know when, they, when you prayed for them that they didn't get he- healed after you left? See, I believe that the word of God says that if I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. When I walk away, that's not my problem. That's God's problem. Because he said they'll recover. See you later. I know you're going to be better next time I see you. How are you? Oh, a little bit better. Well, you're getting better every day because I prayed for you. Amen? Now, I've got a great opportunity in Lifehouse, and you know that I work down here in the, in the, the, uh, the Lifehouse, which we give away food parcels, and we have people coming in all the time with needs, spirit, soul, and body, in all, in all areas. And um, we get opportunities to pray for people. We've got a sign on the counter that says, prayer for healing available. And... When they come in and if they say they've got a bad back or they say they've got a toothache or I just say, well, I can pray for you. And most of the time people say yes to prayer. Sometimes they say no and I just say, well, bless you. You know, we bless people. Every time they walk in we say bless you and you know what they're starting to do? They're starting to say bless your back. (laughs) Bless you. I say thank you. They're starting to bless us back. They're getting so used to the culture in there that they're starting to bless us back. Praise God. So on uh, Thursday, I think it was, Beth and I were there and this young woman came in and she was very sick. She said, I've been so sick. She said, I've had pneumonia and I've had a virus and I've, I've been very, very sick. And uh, I said, well, we'll pray for you. When I get your parcel, we'll pray for you. And so she said, oh, you know... When I come in here and you say things like that, she said, I'm reminded of my grandmother. She used to pray for us when we were children. 
See, don't underestimate your power, grandparents. She used to pray for us when we were children. And, uh, she, and so after I'd served her, Beth and I went around the counter and prayed for her. And she was so grateful, wasn't she, Beth, um, for the prayer. She said, oh, I'd love to come to church. She said, I've got a good voice, you know. I said, bless, we've got a, we've got a good worship ministry there too. You'll probably like the music. But, you know, just be normal, will you? You know, like, you know, I try to be me wherever I am. I don't try to be something else I'm not. I've heard too many people being religious with people and it just turns them off. Can you just be normal? Please be normal. You know, we had a lovely friend come to us. I'm I'm into the testimonies now, Kim. Bless the Lord. Uh, the other a couple about four weeks ago, one of our lovely friends came in and, with his son, and and he's in his eighties. He's been very ill, and um, he's had heart surgery and he's had bowel surgery and he's he's really had a hard time. And he's sitting in the truck, and the son says, "Oh, Dad's in the truck. If you want to go and say hello to him?" I said, "Okay, I will." And so I went out there, and he's sitting in the truck, and he he'd lost about twenty kilos, and he he looked really sick, and. Um, I said, how are you? And he said, oh, I've really, really been sick. And he had bruises all over him. And, 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 and I thought, he doesn't look like he's going to last much longer. Like, what am I going to do here? Say, hello, how are you going? See ya. <laughs> um, anyway, and he's a nice man, you know. A lovely man. And I thought, he said, oh, I was in the hospital and... Um, he said, I was so sick. He said, I just, I just thought, I just, I just want to go. And he said, I closed my eyes and went to sleep. And he said, and then I woke up. <laughs> and I said, oh. I said, well, maybe you, maybe you need to know where you're going. You know, because, you know, it's important that we know where we're going when we do go. Um, and so I said... Let's, let's just pray a prayer. I said, do you know Jesus is your Lord and Saviour? And he ummed and ahed and I thought, oh, no, you don't. Anyway, so I held his hands through the truck window and um, closed your eyes and he closed his eyes and we prayed prayer together, led him to the Lord. And, um, you know, what else is there? What else is there? Can you, can, can you win the lottery or something? Like what else is there? Because God's good and he loves that old man. He didn't want him to perish, you know, into an eternity of pain. And and so it was great. And I thought, yes, okay. So the next week in comes him with his son again in the truck. Jumps out of the truck. Says, I'm still here. (laughs) I said, yes, you are. You look a lot better this week. (laughs) Yes, I am, he said. See, and every week he comes out, he comes now with his son and he gets out and he says, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> bless the Lord. He's still here. And he's happy, bless the Lord. So, you know, like, is that a big deal or what? <laughs> it's a testimony. Amen? And so you can share the testimony... And it encourages other people. There's always a testimony. 
Now, on, on Thursday, I think it was, or might have been Wednesday or Thursday, I'm not sure, this young man walked in and he, he, um, he had a slit slash in his arm, all the way, all the way down his arm. I don't know how he did it. I wasn't going to ask any questions. And he had blood everywhere. Were you there, Marie? Yeah. He had blood everywhere and he wanted something to wipe it or something. So we got him some anti antiseptic spray. And uh, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. I said, go to the hospital. It'll be all right, I'm not going to the hospital and it'll be all right. <laughs> Far out, you know, like, are you kidding me? I should have sent him in you, doctor. <laughs> anyway, like it was a gap that wide in the, in the wound, all the way down his arm. Oh, anyway, we did what we could. And then... Yesterday I go to the go to Woolworths and and walked into Woolworths and he's sitting on the chair. Coincidence. Sitting on the chair. I walked over and said, "How's your arm?" And he pulled up his sleeve. It was all cleaned up, but there's still a gap that wide, all down his arm. I said, "You need to go to the hospital and get that attended to." I said, can I pray for you? Yes, you can. Held his hand and prayed for him. I thought, how good is God that he actually brought him back for me to pray for him, you know? So I had an opportunity to pray for him. I just believe that that's healed because there's no, no other way of getting that arm better. God's good. Thank you, Lord, to heal that arm in Jesus' name. Heal that arm in Jesus' name. So, you know, like every day we're, we're, we're confronted with opportunities to do the work of the ministry. Amen? That's what we're to do. That's our job. Um, praise God. Praise God. In 2 Corinthians 3, 4, it says... And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So we can have our theology great and we can know all the works that Jesus did and we can quote the Bible back and forth. But unless we're actually doing what Jesus did, we're not really carrying the gospel, are we? Are we? Because we're supposed to be doing the work. Amen? It's doer of the word, a doer of the work that's blessed, not just a hearer. Amen? We've got to be doing the word, not just hearing the word. Amen? Bless the Lord. Now, I've just been, um, I've got five minutes and I'm really happy. Bless the Lord. I feel a lot better now than I did before. <laughs> Bless the Lord. I've been reading this book, uh, Bill Johnson's book, on, uh, it says, The Way of Life. And it's an amazing thing, you know. Like there's times in God when you when you're supposed to read books and times when you when you're not supposed to read them. But you, I had a go at reading it a while ago and I didn't continue. But then I picked it up a couple of weeks ago, which was right on track. 
and I've just been eating it. I just want to read this little excerpt for you. It says, How then is the glory of God to fill the earth? One of the ways the glory of God is to fill the earth is by the people of God doing the works of God. Picture it like this. You pray for a neighbour who injured his back and he's healed. The glory of God is made manifest. When you give bold proclamation of your faith in Christ, telling of the miracle that took place in your life, the glory of God is manifested. When the people of God use the wisdom of God to illustrate who he is, the glory becomes manifested. I think at least in part it is going to be through the obedience act, obedient acts of faith of his people as we see the impossibilities of life bow to the name of Jesus through our lips. We are facing an opportunity to reap the greatest, har greatest harvest of all time. There are more people that are about to be saved than have been saved in all human history. But it's not going to happen simply because we have new strategies. It's going to happen because the people of God on a daily basis carry him. His presence, his kingdom into our world of responsibility and influence. Is that right? Bless the Lord. It's our responsibility to carry God into the workplace, into the world. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Amen? You've been commissioned. Bless the Lord. Thank you.